It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Firing Philip Montgomery was the biggest offseason win for Hugh Freeze. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every single Monday, Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, Locked On Movie Prospects, and a million other places, joins us here on the show. Slower weekend than most anticipated, myself included. But Lindsay, Hugh Freeze made the win of the offseason, both for him and the Auburn football program, when he let go of Philip Montgomery. That news was made public on Friday. Opening the door to him calling plays full-time. And to me, Hugh Freeze calling plays full-time is more important than any quarterback that Auburn has been tied to. Yeah, it's like... Even going back and looking at the games where Auburn had decent quarterback play and Auburn didn't have decent quarterback play, it feels like some of the com- like the commonalities was, one, it felt like they were better at home than on the road, but it also felt like they were better in the games where Hugh Freeze was reportedly more involved with calling the offense, You know, it, whether he took control during the week, whether he took control during the game, and... I'm of the opinion that, like, yes, the players matter, right? Like, the X's and O's are there to differentiate. It's the the Jims and Joes, but we have really good players coming in. We have great wide receivers coming in. And I would rather scheme ways for Peyton Thorne to get them the ball than for someone else to try to figure out how to use these guys. Because we know Hugh Freeze can use guys like this. I mean, look at what he did with these guys just like this at Old Miss. He put them in the league. So making... Hugh Freeze, the primary play caller, is a big deal for Auburn simply because it raises the ceiling of of the offense just about the same as almost any available transfer portal quarterback. I think so. I think so. And now, could you have both, right? Could you have an elite quarterback coming in and Hugh Freeze calling plays? Sure. But I don't know how firmly that option was on the table. Lindsay, I, I just don't I just don't know. I don't really know how involved Auburn was with the top transfer portal targets. I mean, you've heard different types of reports and hearsay throughout this portal window that's really been all over the place, both within the program and just national media kind of following the portal closely. So it's been a whirlwind for sure. But you're right. The plays where we've seen Hugh Freeze holding the play call sheet over his mic, over his headset, was when we saw the best form of Auburn's offense. The Iron Bowl comes to mind. It sounds like he was involved in the game against Arkansas, which obviously was Auburn's best performance of the season. And to me, like he hasn't hid any of this, which was probably the the clearest form of writing on the wall that Philip Montgomery was on his way out is when things went well, he took credit for it. And when it didn't, he's like, yeah, I didn't really like the game plan. I wasn't really involved in it, which I love the honesty, but you know, I don't know if that was necessarily the right move, but they weren't ever really on the same page, both talking to him and, and players on this team. It didn't really ever sound like Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery were on the same page. So now Hugh Freeze has to get somebody who he will be on the same page with. 
Yeah, and I think what this kind of does is like we saw so much of the conversation and we've both kind of alluded to it where Hugh Freeze was kind of split between am I recruiting? Am I involved in the game plan and calling plays and things like that? And if Hugh Freeze is calling the plays, because the whole concept of Hugh getting two veteran coordinators was let them run their sides of the ball. I am here to recruit and to be a CEO. And if Hugh's taking over play calling, that frees up that offensive coordinator position to go get somebody who is a strong recruiter and put them into that slot and ensure that you're continuing to bring in talent because it you can do more than one thing at a time, but it's very hard to be very good at two things you're trying to do at the same time. And we know Hugh can recruit really, really well. We know Hugh can call plays really, really well. It's very, very difficult to do both of those at the same time. And this gives you flexibility on how you set up the staff now. Yeah, and I want to tackle this topic for a full show later this offseason because a lot of people have kind of said, oh, well, other great coaches can do both. And I'm actually not entirely positive in year one that that has been done consistently. Um, I mean, everybody's very quick to talk about Saban's first year at Alabama or Kirby Smart's first year at Georgia. And, you know, they were bringing in top classes and a similar things happened here at Auburn. So I, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that topic, but there is no question that that's exactly what happened is, you know, and that's what Hugh Freeze said at the podium. And you can say what you want about Hugh Freeze, his honesty at these pressers, while it's been frustrating, at least he's telling us the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd rather be frustrated to be told the truth than frustrated to be, you know, coach speaks too. So, you know, say what you want about how he handles the pressers. I love it. I think it's great. I wish every coach did it. So to, to me, I, all signs point to Derek Nix being the most likely candidate for Auburn to bring in to be the next offensive coordinator. Derek Nix has been at Ole Miss almost for as long as I've been alive. And that's not really sarcasm. He's been there for forever. He was a longtime running backs coach. More recently, he's been coaching the wide receivers Hasn't been the offensive coordinator there, and I think his path to being the offensive coordinator there, especially with Lane Kiffin there, isn't going to happen. And I think it's a perfect fit for several reasons. I think one is the obvious one. He was there when Hugh Freeze was there, and clearly they've got a solid relationship. Mm -hmm. Hugh Freeze wanted him here a year ago, and they couldn't make it work out based off of multiple reports. And I also just think the aspect of, okay, he's in the SEC, He knows every inch of the state of Mississippi from a recruiting standpoint. And you got to think his expectation is that he's not going to call plays. Lindsay, I think, I think the fit makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's his, so I I did look, it's his, he just finished his 16th year at Old Miss. So he is, he hasn't been there as long as you've been alive. You're a couple years older than that, but it's, it's getting close. I'm 19. Yeah. Uh, he is from Atala, Alabama, so he's from the state, which is nice, bringing him back home. But like you said, we Auburn's had some success with getting guys out of Mississippi. Uh, obviously, Jarquez Hunter is a big one to think about there. But being able to kind of continue getting talent out from under, honestly, getting talent out from under Lane Kiffin would be kind of nice. And we've seen Lane Kiffin has really kind of prioritized the transfer portal over high school recruiting. And so to get somebody that has the connections with the state and can bring in that top talent because Old Miss isn't doing it, Mississippi State's not doing much of it, uh, would be, it'd be nice to take over another state. Uh, that, since we obviously, we own Alabama now, that would, that would be nice to do that. 
and, and continue to build those classes. And then, like you said, there's not the expectation that he's going to come in and be and be calling plays himself. Them already knowing each other. I do think that was part of it too, is from all we understand, Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze knew each other, but they hadn't coached together in the past. And mm-hmm. so you might think that a pairing would work out. You might think you'd have chemistry with somebody and then you sit down with them and you start working with them. And it's like, you know, maybe this isn't working out. Like you said, they have worked together. Nix has been there since 2008, so they're familiar with each other and they know that they work well together. That's always yeah. that's always a big thing. Yeah. So all in all, I think Hugh Freeze firing Philip Montgomery to essentially make himself the the offensive coordinator and whoever they bring on to be the offensive coordinator, kind of it being in name only, let him coach, I guess, quarterbacks or, or some position and then also slap that offensive coordinator tag on them so they can help with game planning, but also recruiting for sure. Uh, Knicks would do that and several other Kansas they've thrown out there, but everybody's saying Knicks. And so that that's what we're going to do. And I think that move will be fairly quick. So we'll see what happens with that. When you look at the transfer portal and the lack of a crazy amount of activity, there are some Auburn fans that are concerned and it feels a little interesting, especially over the course of the weekend. Is that true? Should we feel that way? We discuss that next right here. Unlocked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape some of the crazy realities of life, but let's talk just for a minute about preparing for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics uh, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. Obviously, that's scary, and I would hate to be in a situation where I needed those types of medications and I could not get them due to supply chain issues. Well, the Jace case will alleviate that concern. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illness, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to anybody. So visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter, and it will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, so go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, our guest on this Monday edition of Locked on Auburn, talking to several Auburn fans, and obviously social media is not real life, and message boards, thank goodness, are not real life. But I talked to several buddies, hung out with, hung out with several buddies this weekend, and there's a, I think there's a section of the fan base, and it's a pretty large section of the fan base, that's a little concerned with a lack of transfer portal um, activity. And... I can see where they're coming from, both with guys entering and guys leaving. Keontae Scott announcing um, that he's uh, that he's leaving, which is interesting. And then, you know, some Auburn folks saying that he's not really in the portal. Who knows? Who knows? But the fact of the matter is, like, 
it's not, it doesn't really feel super good right now on the transfer portal front of Auburn football. But most teams, I, I, I think it's very clear that Auburn has put an emphasis since you freeze has been here on acquiring talent through high school and long-term long-term. I think that's the best move here, but in 2024, there's a chance it could hurt you. Yeah. And something I had been saying in previous transfer portal windows and, and previous years and previous recruiting classes was talking about how getting those guys who were popping that one-time transfer to come to your school gave you a bit of roster stability because it was harder for those players to leave. And we saw a court case just recently and an injunction put out and things like that, that in essence says players can transfer as much as they want. And so I like the idea of being able to get the longer evaluation window and the longer uh, personal evaluation ability of recruiting a high schooler versus going out in the portal and trying to grab a guy that you've watched an hour of tape of and you've texted with a couple times, he comes in for a visit and tries to commit. All of the players that Auburn brought in on early signing day are players that for the last year plus they've been talking to Auburn coaches, they've been visiting the school multiple yeah. times, right. they've gotten to know their new teammates, their, their fellow classmates, all of that stuff. And it feels to me like given the fact that we've heard rumblings of culture issues within the program, and I'm not saying anything specific about uh, who, who that might be or what that might be or anything like that. But given that we've heard some whisperings about it, it feels like prioritizing high school recruiting means you're going to better be able to alleviate those issues in the future because you'll have more time. You'll have the ability to screen for some of those personal issues before you bring a guy in. Whereas the transfer portal, again, you're having to evaluate on a very quick turnaround and Look at the receivers we brought in last year. Most of those guys, if you had to just black and white hit or miss on those players, most of them would probably be qualified to miss as far as the guys you brought in because it was such a quick evaluation trying to, in essence, make an educated guess about whether or not they'd fit your team. And with a high school recruit, you have more time not only to figure out would they fit, but what can we do to best utilize their skills? Yeah, and I'm just kind of looking at last year's class right now. And I mean, there were some key guys. There were some key guys, but does Auburn go six and six without them? I, I genuinely don't know. I'd have to like really sit down and think about that and look at it closer. But um yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Auburn picked up a few wins because of the transfer portal class. I, I don't know if that was yeah. going to be the case this year, though. I mean, looking at the guys they've brought in right now with Robert Lewis and Gage Keys and Dorian Mausi, um, and then Sam Jackson, which I can't wait to see what they do with him. But I, like, I think they need more. The thing I'm concerned about is the positions they've gone after. Like wide receiver certainly makes sense. You needed at least two transfer wide receivers. Um, the two they got, like I think, uh, I think Robert Lewis makes a ton of sense. The Georgia mm -hmm. State receiver. Sam Jackson, for those who forgot, Sam Jackson played quarterback at Cal last year. He hadn't really played receiver at the college level. So like that one's a little interesting to me, but we'll see. I mean, he's got the athleticism. I'm just going to do that all in one offseason. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask any player. So, yeah. But you, you need defensive line. I mean, I think the defensive line situation 
is uh is brutal it's getting dire yeah and i do think kind of backing up just a split second looking at last year's class and like in last year's activity in the portal versus this year that's also a little bit tough to do because you had so many positions last year that you had to go out and fill whether it's offensive line comes to mind as far as you had to go out and get multiple starters because not only did Gus Malzahn kind of struggle to fill in high school recruiting classes of offensive linemen late in his tenure, but then you had, you know, two seasons of potato famine with nothing. And so it's, it like, it's, it's very difficult to look at the volume you had last year and properly contextualize that's not going to be, or that shouldn't be normal every single year. I do think while we haven't seen the volume that we want, I feel like the volume that we need isn't as high as what we saw last year and that that's going to end up being an outlier at the end of the day. And I think that's also what's maybe skewing evaluation for people when they think about how many guys we signed last year, how few we've signed this year. But you're right that there are still positions like defensive line that we need to get more bodies in uh, and so maybe that's in a situation where offensive line was last year. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, Auburn got a guy at every position group except for defensive back, I think. As I'm kind of just going through some mental gymnastics here. Yeah, I think that's right. So yeah. uh, they obviously don't need to do that this year, which is fortunate. But defensive line is interesting. So I guess the part where, and this is impossible for us to know all of this, but the part that could be potentially concerning is if we're dying for these guys and we're pushing all these chips into the center of the table and they're not wanting to come here that I think that would potentially be concerning. And it seems like Auburn's in it for a lot of guys. We'll see where they all go. And a lot of them are trending elsewhere, but that to me is the biggest concern. Um, And, you know, I feel a little weird talking about because we don't really know the final answer for how all of this could go, but, yeah. Just several big names that they had in town over the weekend. And we talked about a lot of them on Friday's show, but it's just, it's, it's interesting because it seems like elsewhere guys are, you know, they may have three visits planned and they go on the first one and they just drop everything and commit there right on the spot. And that's not really happening here. So what, what are other schools doing? Are they devoting more NIL to the transfer portal? Than we are because we focus so much on this, uh, this past year's recruiting class. And if that's the case, if you had to pick one or the other, it makes sense. I'm totally yeah. cool with it. I, I just want to know like, why, like, why are we missing out on these guys? Is it because we're not as aggressive? Is it because we're non-committal? Is it because other places are paying them more? Like, I, I don't know. I genuinely don't know the answer to that. And that the answer to that could be concerning, but since it's impossible for us to really know what it is, Lindsay, I, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about it. Yeah, and that's that's one of those. What I worry about is that we're going to hear one or maybe two situations where we get the answer to that, and we're all just going to kind of generalize that for the entire transfer portal window when yeah. it's probably a mix, right? Like, look at some of the quarterbacks. We probably weren't heavily looking at any quarterbacks until after that bowl game. We felt good about the quarterback play mm-hmm. uh, and what it could be until the bowl game. And so some of the misses there were... Auburn it was probably Auburn coming in the 11th hour, trying to stay into, you know, buy their way into a recruitment that was almost done. Right. And being more selective in the portal, I think probably works both ways. 
there's probably, we're probably a little more selective as to which guys that we're going after and talking to because we're not as desperate as we were last year. Yeah, the floor is higher now than it was a year ago at every position group. Yeah, and so they're doing the same thing and they're, they're maybe saying, okay, well, Auburn's not, like I'm getting all of this love from teams X and Y and Auburn's just kind of cool. And so I could see that happening as well. And that's the hard part is we're not going to know for everybody, but the worst case scenario is to get a bad answer for one guy and assume it for everything. I'm, I'm going to assume we prioritized the, um, the high school recruiting class, knowing that NIL and the transfer portal is very much like free agency and and baseball or football where it's, it ends up being overinflated values. I'm just going to kind of make that assumption there. Yeah, that could be the case. That could be the case for sure. All right. Um, How does this lack of activity so far impact total wins and losses in 2024? We discussed that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. I believe Auburn is now the favorite to win the SEC in basketball because they destroyed Arkansas. Because if, if Auburn is your favorite team, your favorite team owns Arkansas, which is hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. So, uh, yeah, be sure to uh, check out FanDuel right now. If you think Auburn's going to win the SEC, you can get that value at plus 920 right now, which I absolutely love. Uh, you also can bet on them to win the national championship next year now. I didn't realize these were up. That is at uh, plus 10,000 odds. So if you're feeling, feeling really optimistic about 2024, be sure to head over in that direction. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the FanDuel app is so easy to use. Got live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Bunch of parlays. It's the way it's a cool thing to do these days. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, the Locked On Podcast Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, our guest today. Final few minutes with the Lindsey Crosby. Yes, you have something. March 21st through March 23rd. That's when Auburn's going to continue destroying Arkansas, and this time in baseball. Yeah. Because yeah, is, it, that, is that in Fayetteville or is it in uh, is that's, that a Plainsman? That's in Auburn. That's at Plainsman Park. So Auburn destroyed them in football. Auburn destroyed them in basketball. I'm going to call right now, I'm going to call a series sweep March 21st through 23rd, baseball sweeping Arkansas. That'd be yeah. awesome for the memes. That would be, be great. And be great for the baseball team. Yes, which is important um all right so wins or losses like i really think this is an eight win team regardless like i thought that before the bowl game i thought that before the portal window nine and three upside ten and two upside honestly and then like but i think if i had to guess right now i'm saying eight and four for auburn in 2024 
and nothing in the portals really changed my mind. I, I am concerned about the defensive line. I, yeah. I am. But there's a chance they're making a strategic option to go young at that position. They still need more guys. They still need bodies to play defensive line. But with Jason Jones, Zacchaeus Walker, Quintrell Jamison Travis, Keldrick Falk, okay, but then you know all these true freshmen that are coming in, the Darren Reed as well, having another year in the system. Like You can talk yourself into some of the upside of the younger guys, but you still need dudes. Like You still need guys to enroll and be here for the spring, hopefully, and Auburn's almost out of time. Spring classes start at Auburn on the 10th. You usually can miss a day or two, uh, but I, I think you can miss like up to three or four classes, which um, maybe they'll figure out if it goes against the uh, up against the wire to make sure they're eligible to go through spring. But they're running out of time, Lindsay, and that's the position mm -hmm. group where I've been most surprised that they haven't had any action via the portal. Yeah, and I think some of that may just kind of be some bad luck, right? It feels like they've tried to get guys in the portal, and if it, this is this might be anecdotal, I could be completely off base, but it feels like there haven't been as many big name difference makers in the portal this year as there were last year, and I think it's because the way the timing of when you got nil, you had a lot of those veterans stuck around for one final year of eligibility to get that last paycheck before the NFL, and they just ran out of eligibility, right? Last year's class was the last big portal class of extremely experienced veterans. And so, like, looking at the names, the quarterback names, a different group, yes, but, like, looking at some of the quarterback names, nobody comes off the page as a 100% no-doubt this guy adds two wins to your roster next year name. I agree. We have a lot yeah. of guys like Brock Vandegrift, who four-star recruit, never played at Georgia. You have guys, I mean, like Dylan Gabriel, who disappointed at, at Oklahoma, Kyle McCord, who was, uh, you know, you have a lot of guys where there's potential and there's questions, but not that extremely qualified veteran. That's, that's guys like Cam Ward. They're in the NFL now. And so mm. for the most part, I feel like it's you, you've had a low, a smaller supply. You've probably had bigger demand because you've had so many teams say, okay, we can see what you can do with a good transfer portal class. Yeah. And because maybe Auburn's allocated money, more money to high school than a lot of other schools, especially Ole Miss have, uh, it kind of feels like Auburn's probably not, uh, they're not able to overcome somebody else's stupid money offer to get a guy. And like you said, at a certain point, you've got to get some guys because you need just bodies and depth. My question is, what does getting those bodies do as far as raise your ceiling? I think it probably keeps your floor a little bit higher, but does it raise your ceiling if you just bring in three random guys for your room? Yeah, like, I mean, I think an offensive line, and Percy Lewis is certainly a part of that. You know, he, he was here this week in the former Mississippi State offensive tackle Sounds like it went really well. It's down to Auburn and Mississippi State. I actually expected him to announce today, which is very nervous. We're recording at the time we are. I was about to say, please don't say that. He's going to because do it. of him, but that's okay. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. And if he does sign before this goes up, I'll probably just go live. I'll probably just do a live show reacting to it. But anyway, I, I'm uh, so impressed with how you give the people what they want, Zach. Yeah. Is, nope. That's uh, that's what makes motivating. this work for sure. Do the show people want to do, not the show I want to do. 
Um, but yeah, like offensive line, like I think if you got a left tackle, I think the raises the floor in that room just because I think Dylan yeah. Wade could be an NFL guard. I don't think he's an NFL tackle. So we'll see what happens there. Defensive line, we've already banged that drum a million times. We're on the same page there. Kind of surprised, like, and it never really seemed like they've pursued that many jack linebackers, like true edge guys, but there's not a whole lot of like really good edge guys in the portal. So yeah, it's they may choose to go potential. young there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, you know, at linebacker, maybe there's a bunch of linebackers in this room. Maybe they move some of those guys to play Jack. And maybe. Looking at some of these positions, if there's not a ton of talent in the portal, but these guys are wanting the money of a proven, qualified, experienced mm -hmm. veteran, I'm okay with prioritizing a high schooler, a high school commit or two with that money versus overpaying for somebody who you don't know if it's going to work out or not. And maybe that's just the money guy in me and thinking about return on investment. But mm -hmm. like when you kind of look like take out the passion and just sit back and look at this transfer portal class and the way that college works nowadays, this kind of makes sense that you haven't been super aggressive in the portal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, the, um, it's like the MLB from a salary cap standpoint, like there's not a salary cap. But it's just how much money do you have? Yeah, yeah. Like you know? how much money can you spend? Not everybody can be the Dodgers and just have a money cannon that prints that just shoots money at everybody. Not everybody can do that. And right. I feel like Auburn's on a good job, kind of like the Atlanta Braves, of allocating their money pretty well that we know of. Yeah, Auburn needs to copy the Dodgers to do their first like deferred thing. It's like, all right, Cam Ward, come here, and we'll just pay you, you know, a thousand dollars a month for the next like fifty years or something <laughs> like that, with no interest, like Shohei. Come on, Shohei didn't need interest. You think you're better than Shohei Otani? Come on. That's right. Come on. Come, Come on. on. All right, Lindsay, how people check out everything that you've got going on? Uh, if it's college baseball, AuburnDaily.com. If it's minor league baseball, Locked at MLB Prospects, the number one daily minor league baseball podcast, six days a week until spring training. Woo! If it's major league baseball, BravesToday.com. And then all of that stuff runs through my Twitter account at Crosby Baseball. That's baseball, Lindsay Crosby, as well as the, um, our favorite Monday guest. Lindsay Crosby. You can follow all of my uh, written work at auburndaily.com and uh, please subscribe. Click that subscribe button, whether you're listening on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, it helps the show out a ton. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.